purpose, I know what does. Don't be ashamed, stand strong in the pain. Follow your heart, trust God. Welcome to the Eclectic Podcast. <laughs> My name is Joel Brinning. And this is Chris here. Man, this is awesome. Back in the in the same studio, yeah. same country. That's right. Uh, it's been a long, a long nine months, but not really actually, because it's been it's been gone it's gone pretty quickly. Yeah. But it's pretty crazy to be in the same room as you, man. It's good to be back together and doing the wrapping up the final yeah. final episode for twenty twenty. Um, actually in person. Yeah. And also this will be the final episode for the Eclectic Podcast as well. Mm-hmm. So Chris and I are going to be no longer recording episodes in different locations and mattresses in front of windows anymore. So so let me, well, I know that I'm stepping away from the Eclectic Podcast. Are we wrapping it up all together? Uh, I haven't really decided yet. Okay. I mean, I, I, think, I think I might keep the, the Instagram page um, open as as a, a way to you know promote bands and promote artists and that sort of thing but as far as recording episodes goes oh you know if i find someone who wants to you know keep going i might keep going but i think for now I'll just just leave it but it's something that we've been talking about and look for sure i'm stepping away from the podcast and um one of those things where you know things things in life change and one of the big things for for me um has been making my own music and sort of stretching my stretching my wings there and enjoying that process but also just being you know busy with baby number 4 coming in march mm-hmm. of next year for Nicole and I I mean a lot has changed for both of us actually over the past 4 years hey when you compare it to where we started off many 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 moons ago in that time, you've had what two, or will this be the the third so child four, you've had? Four years ago, we this four years ago we would have had Elizabeth and Adele would have been one and a half. And also, I think um, I've gotten married in that time too. Obviously, spent nine months in New Zealand, mm-hmm. which is uh, which is a crazy time, really, to think about it. Yeah, considering we're only going to be there for a month. That's right. So COVID lockdown made you guys stay there. I mean, but you already, you, you always kind of knew that. Hey, there, there was, was always a, a risk. possibility of that happening. Yeah. Hey, and what were some what were some highlights there from from the trip? I mean, I know there's a lot of stuff stuff that you guys did and um, got up to in your nine months there. But yeah, I mean, I think the the landscape is the biggest thing in New Zealand. Um, and if anyone's been there or seen photos, you know that it's there's mountains and hills just pretty much everywhere you can look almost um there's not a lot of flat land um you know i think that i saw snow for the first time in new zealand nice um, you know so any time i've gone overseas it's been during the summertime so there's been no snow whatsoever so yeah i got to see snow for the first time got to see um a lot of the famous lord of the rings film sets um you know trout fishing on the river so um and then as far as you know just meeting new people that was a real big thing going to a different church which in in some respects it was different but in some respects it was the same to be honest with you i didn't really get get to listen to a lot of new music while i was over there um mostly because of the, the fact that 
when I was here, I would always listen to music on the way to work, which is a good sort of half hour commute. Whereas in uh, New Zealand, I didn't have didn't have that sort of um, freedom. Um, so, and also just not having a, like a, a speaker to play music through either. Well, I was wondering how it would go even for us with the podcast, you know, because nine months is a long time. And, you know, we've even before we we're both here in Perth, mm. like trying to actually line up and schedule an interview with someone in the States or someone in the UK is not always easy to match their schedule with our schedule. So we actually managed to line up three different time zones <laughs> um, for various guests and, yeah. and, and make them happen, which isn't easy because what I think um, with daylight savings, yeah. um, Wellington is five hours ahead of Perth. Perth is about 12 hours ahead of most, you know, I think central standard time in the States. So it was like some awkward times there, hey, that we had to, to make I work. There was, was a couple of times when I went into the wee hours of the morning. Yeah, like past midnight, yeah. hey. Yeah, I think the, the last one we did with um, uh, Tyler Collins, I was up to a pretty, you know, one thirty two. Well, man, it's so good to have you back, hey. It's so good to be back in person and so stoked that we can do this final episode together because I honestly thought we'd be doing it via zoom so stoked to do it in person you want to tell everybody what, what our uh, sort of uh, plan for today's episode is yeah so today we're going to be looking at our top five albums of 2020 and then the piece de resistance of this episode is the the our our favorite albums from the last decade so from 2011 all the way through to this year and yeah, there's a there's a lot to cover there. Yeah, and so Joel and I, we actually know each other's top five albums from this year, but we've kept it a secret from each other what our top ten from the decade are. Now we had, do you remember earlier in the year we were toying with, or maybe it was even like last year? I think it may have even been last year. It would have been actually, end of 2019. The Gospel Coalition released their top 25 albums of the decade. Yeah, we'll put that link in the show notes, by the way, for people who are interested. And um, a lot of good records in there and a lot of a lot of albums that I think probably you and I would go, yep, they, they deserve to be there. Um, so obviously the Eclectic Podcast, Joe and I, we want to feature bands from a wide variety of genres. You and I felt like good lists, but it could have included a few more releases from maybe genres like metal, hip hop, punk, hardcore, metal. Yeah, those th- there were some genres which were discriminated against, actually, yeah. I would say. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think yeah, the, the Gospel Coalition obviously is a little bit more conservative in their music taste than what we hear are at the Eclectic Podcast here. So, I think I think you know the the albums that are on each other are on our lists, which we don't know yet. I, I think are going to be reflective of of people we've had on the podcast and also of our own sort of personal taste in in Christian music as well. Yeah, that's right. And I remember last year I was we were positing the idea of doing our own own alternative top 25 from a decade and getting like friends of ours from different places like Jesus Freak Hideout, Indie Vision Music, um, you know, um, Decent Christian Talk, um, you know, get them to, to maybe submit some reviews of those albums. But we never, like many good ideas we had, never eventuated. <laughs> There's too many other good ideas that were gooder than, than those ones, you know. <laughs> well said, well said. So good. Hey, we got time for a uh, also a brew review today, right? We do. We do. Let's do um, this. We'll go. We'll go with right now. It's a brew review, brew. 
tasty. So, uh, Chris, you've you've got these uh, these these brews here. Um, I'll let you do the introduction. Yeah, sounds good. So, I brought today's brews. I brought two different ones. Um, so, the one that we both have right now, and that picture will be up on Instagram too, is the Grapefruit Hazy IPA. Um, by running with thieves, Joel, you're saying it's a fairly new place, eh? Out in mm. Frio, so it's probably about like 45 minutes away from where we're sitting here right now. 5.8 percent, strong grapefruit, grapefruit flavor, and basically, it says in the front here that they they give their um, it's a seasonal one. They give their head, I was gonna say head roaster, but it's not that head brewer. They basically give him free reign to do what he wants, and he's come up with this one here. And yeah, it's a it's a it's a, I'm actually almost finished mine, so we're sweltering in here. <laughs> We've actually turned the fan off in this room because it's it's uh, it'll you'll hear if we turn it on. But both Joe and I are like boiling right now. It is. Um, I've got beads of sweat dripping down my, into my eyes, coming down from my receding hairline. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's um, yeah, it's not. It's definitely like a new style of beer because there's been plenty of other people who've done grapefruit IPAs yeah. or hazy IPAs. Yep. Um, and yeah, I think this one is uh, a pretty good representation of that style really really getting those aromas there on the tongue yep yeah uh, it's very it's almost like they've they've you know got some grapefruit juice put it with some hops and water and other things and yeast and you know made it into a beer done done their thing it's got that that real classical grapefruit uh bitterness to it as well Mm. No, I, I enjoy this one. I would give as a as a as a drink, as an, in terms of my enjoyment of the brew, I would give it four out of five grapefruits. In terms of presentation in the can, it's got a sticker around it. It looks it's sort of not even properly sort of put on there properly. I'd probably give it like a two and a half out of five cans. Unless it has, you know, Victoria bitter or something. That's on the true. Front. Then you can do it. There's some exceptions. I'll give you that. No, I would say, you know, flavor, it's it's um it's it's not opaque but it's definitely not see-through so it has that haze to it mm-hmm. um flavor and aroma i'm gonna say 3.75 out of five and then can same it's a two and a half out of five <laughs> i don't but to be honest with you, like a lot of beer nowadays I'm, I'm sure these breweries are just trying to outdo each other with like the artwork on the beer can mm-hmm. it's ridiculous mm-hmm. that, that's some of the stuff you see it's like trying to grab your attention in the chiller, right? The, the, yeah. the louder, the better, and hopefully that will get people people buying them. Um, like in New Zealand, there's a, a brewer called Garage Project, mm-hmm. and yeah, some of the artwork in their cans is, is actually quite beautiful sometimes. Did you did you try much uh, craft beer or fine coffee while you were over there? I mean, you were like on your doorstep of Wellington, which is yeah. you know, well, in, great in, coffee. In the last place we ended up um, renting. We were five minutes drive from Brewtown, which is, you know, a, a complex which used to be an old tire manufacturing plant and they've yep. converted into a bunch of breweries and other stuff. So they had one, two, three, four different breweries there. So like endless choice. Panhead was probably the, the most recognizable one there. Oh, yeah. Yep. And um, yeah, so like the, the, the culture in New Zealand is um, refillable bottles because um, they're all about you know reducing waste and green green environments and stuff like that mm-hmm. so you just go to the, the 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 brewer fill your rigger up which is like a it's basically the size of a 1.25 liter coke bottle seriously it's tinted on the outside so it's a brown bottle okay and you get them filled up 
uh, for pretty cheap. And away you go. That's awesome. So definitely cheaper than buying a six pack from from the shop. Okay. So you're paying per liter of beer rather than like per six pack. Yeah. Mm. And I think beer beer is generally cheaper over there, isn't it? About the same price. But actually, you know what? They're they're a little bit scroogey though because a lot of the times, pints in New Zealand are only four, it's twenty five mil or something. But you're paying the same price as you would for a pint here, which is about five hundred and something. So they've redefined the pint. Yeah, they have. Well, moving from beer to music, the two things that we oh, we hope we do pretty well here on the podcast. <laughs> We're first going to rip through our uh, our top five albums from the year that has been 2020 and you know what even though 2020 as a year maybe hasn't been the best for many reasons um i think in terms of music there's been a lot of great music and possibly even due to coronavirus and restrictions and isolation and artisan musicians being placed in situations where they have to um you know think creatively about how they're going to uh, to make a living or how they're going to create their music so yeah. Anyway, all that aside, let's let's maybe go through our our top five from from five to one. What's your number five on your list, Joel? So number five for me was hip hop, uh, hip hop head Bizzle and his album The Messenger for Independence Day. Good solid sort of theological Christian hip hop. I need to check that one out. Honestly, missed that release. Haven't even listened to it. My number five was uh, a self-titled album by Wake Low, which is The Three Children of Andrew Peterson. And even if you're not a fan of Andrew Peterson, which why wouldn't you be? Top guy, cool music. But he's his children have done something um, quite unique, quite different from Andrew Peterson. So don't expect to, them to follow suit exactly. I've listened to a little bit of that. And yeah, it's definitely not, not Andrew Peterson at all. Yeah. All right. And so number four for me was... August Burns Red with Guardians, great album. I was listening to that on the way here, actually. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, uh, to be honest with you, I think it's like a return to form from their earlier messengers and constellations, constellations that that era. Cool. Um, so my number four was John Mark McMillan, Peopled with Dreams. Really enjoyed that album. Listened to that one a lot this year. And actually, my top five, I'm not sure if you give, give any thoughts as sort of criteria for your top five, but I was thinking this for my top five this year, I, I was going to, you know, one of my biggest criteria was basically how much I've returned to the album and how much mm. I've listened to it um, in the year. So that was one of the significant things for me. And then, yeah, same with same with August Ben's Red. You know, that was in, that was my, it was actually my number one in the mid-year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it's you know it's kind of slipped down a little bit because i found other things that i've listened to more now sweet like what's number three uh oh good segue by the way uh, very nice smooth <laughs> so number three was uh street lights and they have a project where they put the bible to sort of hip-hop production and they read over the top yep. uh psalms book five psalms 107 to 150 do you know who did the production and who sp- spoke over that one because uh, most changed. of it was change, eh, from yeah it didn't really i didn't really look too closely at that okay. um because most of the time i was just listening in my headphones and mm. you know i know a lot a lot of the production was still done by the two main guys um esteban and his dj which i'm not sure who it is anymore are they alert or alert 312 i forget yeah. which one they are i'm pretty sure they're alert 312 now okay yeah cool 
Sweet. So my number three was uh, American Arson, A Line in the Sands. So face down release. They've been around for a while. That was their sophomore release on face mm. down. Solid punk rock album yep. with some, um, uh, you know, stuff about American politics and also, you know, issues of race, racial reconciliation in the States. Um, wasn't They didn't feature hugely, but a really good album. But they've also, shout out to them, they got a podcast and they've done a season of their podcast. And they also featured Jason Wisdom from uh, Death Therapy and The Revivalist and also used to be in Becoming the Archetype, who we had on earlier in the year. So shout out to the boys in American Arson. Uh, enjoy what they're doing with their podcast too. And number two for me was Sam Ock, Too Belonging. Um, great sort of chill jazz pop, like jazz hip hop sort of beats. Um, and yeah, it's it's a good album. Um, Full album or listening. EP? Full album. Yeah, I was kind of surprised like that he was releasing more music. But um, there, yeah, there you go. My number two was uh, John Guerra, Keeper of Days. Had never heard of him until this album, but this album just completely uh, smacked me across the face in yeah. the most positive way possible and really, really love that album. Yeah, no, I've, I've listened to that one too and like good, solid Christian Christian guy as well. Um, did a collaboration with Tennille Netta, Jesus You Come, I believe the, the song that they released together was. And my beautiful wife, Nicole, did the album artwork for that one there. Shout out to Nicole. Yeah, and shout out to Cathedral Podcast, who also featured that song on their Christmas episode recently. Mm. And those guys are doing some rad work over there in the UK. So if you haven't already, highly recommend checking it out. Yeah, them UK boys, innit? They're, yeah. they're doing the good Christian music over there in the UK, boy. <laughs> and sorry if you guys are listening in. <laughs> we've, had a, we've actually had a couple of episodes where we've done bad English accents. <laughs> so they're probably going, oh, these guys, please stop. <laughs> Well, I think we can do it now because you know we're pretty going to shut the podcast down. Anyway, That's right. So we can get away with it. Get out of our system. Let's get this. Let's let's just get through it. All those things that we wanted to say but couldn't say. This is the opportunity. <laughs> and then number one, drum roll, please. Was Dens with Taming Tongues. Nice. Same with me. It's the only album Bro. that we actually share, <laughs> and we both got it as number one. I can't believe it. Yeah. What did you like about it? Uh, just it's got like a, a range of different genres i think that they sort of uh draw from um and the guitar work is very good um the actual the whole concept of the album is really good too so every song title is a single word from that uh from that proverb mm-hmm. and to i can't remember it I think is it even foolish men are wise uh, when they keep quiet? Yeah, something, something like, like that. that. It's twelve songs in total, mm. I think, or eleven songs in total. But yeah, good, good, solid face down release as well. Yeah, man, face down has had a fantastic year. Mm. We haven't mentioned the other releases that they've put out this year, like everything in slow motion, weathered, and. Um, also, Deathbreaker. But seriously, every one of those releases that they that Face Down's put out this year, including American Iceland mm. too, were just um, incredibly solid. I'm just looking up a Den's album. I should get that there. Okay. So, even foolish men are wise when they learn to keep quiet. So, we interviewed Sean Hypes, lead singer of Den's, earlier in the year. Both you and I were like... That was a really enjoyable interview. Also, shout out to his epic beard as well. Yeah. (laughs) 
and to get behind that album but yeah. also like some cool feature spots mm. um so leroy a lead singer of war of ages features on uh foolish and then also uh laura uh, i think it's laura or lauren from uh, comrades yeah. another face down band featuring there lauren i believe her name yeah. is her first name so just and it was just a really expansive album. It really, I know it's not it's it's similar sort of musically to Thrice's Visu. Yeah, but it gave me yeah. it gave me similar levels of stoke. Like hmm. um, this is awesome. Maybe you know what we'll play we'll play that one. Okay, so we're back, and this is the moment that we know you've all been waiting for, where we reveal our 10 favorite albums of the last decade. And, you know, it's been a decade in the making. It's been a long time, but I think, I think, you know... I was thinking this was more the list that no one wanted, but that we still wanted to do, (laughs) because it's our final episode, but... Yeah, and we we also wanted to, you know, show the Gospel Coalition where it's at when it comes to Christian (laughs) music, too. So, so we've, we've done separate lists here too, by the way, and, and we don't even know each other's lists, what we have on there. So, so we're freestyling this, baby. Yeah. That's how we, we're doing we, this. We've got no idea what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, well, do you want, do you want to do your number 10 first? Well, or should, should, well I'm just curious. Or should cu- we say it at the same time? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm actually curious because I reckon I wouldn't be surprised that even if I get to the end and I go, crumbs i forgot that album i'll be surprised if either one of us doesn't have at least one thing where we go yeah. oh i probably should have even when i was driving here i was i was thinking to myself wait a second i i should include this specific album mm. i came back and i saw i had it there but i actually moved it up my list because i think <laughs> it's actually um more more yeah. important to me than it is well and and the thing with this is this is not you know the 10 best albums of the decade this is just our personal favorite albums well speak for yourself well, I mean, they are, they are speak for the, yourself my are. 10 are the 10 best <laughs> <laughs> hey question do you have any artists or bands twice in your uh, list it's possible 
No. Okay. Not, not you know, not directly, indirectly. I've got them more than once. Okay. Through you know, songs on on different albums. Yeah. Okay. Can I can I guess two? Can I try and guess two just bands or artists? I won't guess the album. I'll just just two, and then I'll give it to you to guess two two on mine. Okay. Have you got thrice on there? <laughs> no, I don't actually. Well, shame on you. <laughs> and I, okay. and I, I thought long and hard about that. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I, don't, I, can't, I, don't, I just can't. I, don't, I can't. <laughs> well, clearly not long enough. Okay. Do you feature beautiful eulogy? Yes. On there. Okay. Very good. Okay. Strike a guess. Have a guess for me. Okay. I'm going to guess. Have you featured thrice on yours? No. Oh, you got me. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yep. Um, also, have you got... Josh Garrels. I do. Yeah. I You've got so. it. You've got it. Okay, you start us off then. What's your number 10, man? Okay, number 10 for me Top. Was, the, so this is t- this, this is, is number a, 10 from the decade. So 2011 to 2020. So I've got Swoop with Wake Up from nice. 2012. I think to me that was that was a really really good album like production-wise, lyrics, um, just the 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 theme as well was was really good. He had that applause volume one EP, and then I think he released Wake Up, and that made that made massive waves. I remember, because I remember at that time I was j- probably just from the time that I was probably just turning on to Christian hip hop or, or hearing about what was out there. Previous to that, I had really no exposure. So my number ten is actually Thrice. To be everywhere is to be nowhere. Mm-hmm. That was released in two thousand and sixteen. Um, I really liked the album. I know some pe- some people didn't like some some tracks on the album, but I personally thought it was a bit of a. I liked hearing the Visu influence come back into it. So Visu was their two thousand and five album, and um, yeah, it just had some of that influence come on come onto it. Whereas their previous two albums, Major Minor and and Beggars, were a bit more sort of indie rock. Um, mm. Yeah, not quite the same. Same, and I still like those albums too. By the way, not not dissing on those albums, but I, I was a, appreciative to hear that on there. And um, I actually think that album marked for me probably the end of Dustin Kendrew's high level of lyricism. I don't think he matched it on Palms. I thought Palms was actually a step yeah. down musically and lyrically. Yeah, and I know 2011 was major minor. I didn't include that one on my list, and it was. Probably more musically, even though lyrically, I think that album's got some real strong songs oh, yeah. um, on there, like Blinded, Words in the Water, Treading Paper, but yeah. And let's go to number nine. Yeah, go for it. What's yours? Number nine was an artist called Pass Neos uh, with their album, Who Do You Say That I Am? Mm-hmm. From That was also from 2012, actually. Okay. And I wouldn't have picked you to pick them. Like, yeah. I know you like them, but... Um, I don't know. Just one of those, uh, one of those artists that, you know, kind of came out of the blue. Particularly, I don't know. You know, before this, I'd listened to a lot of that style of music, but a lot of it came from Triple J, and um, you know, the 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 theme of the album too about Christ um, leading up to his death and resurrection, the way in which they've you know just orchestrated everything and um, laid everything together is very cohesive as well actually not really too sure where they're from i always i thought they were from they were from the states but that album was just i don't know pretty good all around really past neos that's is what does that stand for greek or latin or something 
it's it's no, it sounds really, Greek to me. And, and and I've never really never really gotten to the bottom of it either. Okay. Nice. So my number nine is well, it's the Wonderlands the Wonderlands EPs from John Foreman. So mm-hmm. it's technically four EPs, but I kind of bundled them together because they're all part of the same um, sort of concept album in 2015. So he basically wrote a song for um, every hour of the day, kind of similar to what Jonathan Ogden did, but he did mm-hmm. it before Jonathan Ogden. Not dissing Jonathan Ogden. I love you, Jonathan Ogden. I love your work, not, not Hayden. But um, yeah, that, that was um, a f- four EPs, so Dawn, Dusk, and honestly, I forget the names of the other two. But I've always enjoyed John Foreman yeah. um, far far more than I've enjoyed Switchfoot. I'm not really a huge Switchfoot fan, to be quite honest. But his solo um, material I found to be a lot more um, engrossing. And lyrically, those al- there's a lot of those songs on those albums, on those four EPs, that really delve into um, death and, and resurrection. Yeah, and I think also, you know, just as we're going through this list now, like there's a lot of I guess different aspects that we come from because like you originally came from a very sort of punk rock, sort of hardcore, pre, like Visu Thrice era. But then yeah, I, th- I think there was like a period of time where I didn't really listen to a lot of Christian music either, um, just because it just wasn't really on my radar at the time. Yeah. And and also, you know, I didn't have like my own car or or, mm-hmm. a, or an iPod or anything like that, so I didn't really get to listen to a lot of music. Interesting you say that, because I think John Foreman was probably the first person that I heard doing Christian music where I thought, I like this, and it's not mm-hmm. cheesy. Like, where it was it was, it was was enjoyable, and it was to a high standard, and it held up amongst a lot of the other people that I would enjoy within that genre of singer-songwriter folk without being corny, but mm-hmm. still having uh, biblical imagery and clearly writing from a Christian perspective. Like, it was... You know, it was creatively brilliant. Okay, what are we up to? You're number nine or you're number eight? Eight. Yeah, go for it. Uh, so eight for me was King's Kaleidoscope. Zeal. Nice. Made last year. Um, yeah, just a just a classic, um, all-round good King's Kaleidoscope album where, you know, they, they draw on everything from the past but then bring in some new elements that, that haven't been there since you know, their inception. I don't understand how they managed to be simultaneously chaotic and yet cohesive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like some of their songs, it's like, I don't understand how you would write a song like that. Like every time I listen to it, I, I hear something new as well. Like every track starts differently mm-hmm. and every track sounds different as well. That's hard to do sometimes on, with a band like that or with, with any band oh, really. Absolutely. No, I really, really enjoy that one. I've got that on my list uh, further up too, but I'll wait till I, I'll wait till I get there. But we actually saw, because um, King's Kaleidoscope just did a live stream of their Zeal album from front mm-hmm. to back. Um, and that was, we had, had some friends around, had a, a bit of a brunch at our place, and Nicole and I watched it with some friends and their kids and our kids, and had a bit of a, bit of a, bit of a shindig. And it was really, really enjoyable. They're so tight live. They're actually, probably the closest thing that I'll ever get to seeing them live, because... Mm where we are here in Perth, Western Australia, even if an artist or a band comes to Australia, excuse me, um, it's no guarantee they'll come to Perth because Perth is like second most isolated capital city in the whole world. Well, you know what though? I've, I've seen them live. Beat that. When? Uh, that was at Canvas. Oh, Park. you did too! 2000 and, 2016. Was it the whole band or was it just Chad Gardner? 
No, it was pretty much the whole band. Yeah? What did they play? Do you remember what songs they played? Uh, it was from from the the um, the album bef- from 2014. Becoming Who We Are? Felix Culper. Yeah, Becoming Who that. We Are. Yeah. How about we go to your one, Joel? Oh, no. You just did your one, right? Number seven. Yeah, that, yours. Was, that was your number that was your number eight? eight so my number eight i did john guerra keeper of days even though this one wasn't my top from even my um my top album from 2020 i probably listened to it more than den's taming tongues and i mm-hmm. think this album will be a classic for me in years to come um yeah like king's kaleidoscope there is so much variety within the album and John Guerra is just a masterful composer and songwriter. And um, I've spoken a little bit to Tanil because she's been collaborating with him, uh, Tanil Netta. And she was saying that John actually isn't even uh, received lessons, purely <laughs> self-taught. But, uh, you know, I, I can hear from his music that he has done a lot of work because <laughs> um, it's an incredible album that i cannot recommend highly mm. enough anyway what's yours number seven uh so my number seven is josh garrels but mine is the love war and the scene between remix the the main island live recordings. oh okay cool i like it i dig it i think the the whole uh concept of having different instruments in there as well and like i think my favorite song off off that album was pilot me and i like that song better than the original pilot me that was the one that they led with in the marketing of the scene between dvd which by the way uh, for those listening if you're interested in seeing that that's completely free on youtube oh wow Whole, yeah film so yeah that's a that's a great documentary yeah the the way in which they've arranged the instruments the sound of the ocean in the background lapping up against the rocks and yeah and then and, and the other good thing about it is it's not just you know christian theological songs there's also some like sea shanty type instrumental on there and a few other sort of non-christian songs i guess well he even has one he even has that one where he's in the church and he does um what wondrous love is this which is a classic hymn but just does it in his own arrangement um, on the spot yeah, i especially liked on that dvd uh, or the, on that film how they have each of the different musicians doing solos because there's a um a cellist a violinist a guy who plays clarinet there's a guy who does percussion drums and a couple guys who are very multi-instrumentalists um gabe mccall the guy who does mason UI music he's like what can't he play <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> you know that's crazy right yeah so that's a really special album so my number seven should i go to it yep i chose my epic behold from 2013 um great band one of my one of my favorite bands and probably my favorite album from them ever i think um and that one there behold has a lot of um different references to to psalms it has like references to messianic psalms Mm. um arise the first track is based around a messianic psalm Um, it's got a psalm of lament there's a song there that I really, probably my favorite from the album, uh, Liturgy, where it talks about the yeah. difficulty he has in crafting songs and wanting to, to, to write songs that, that honor God and that are beautiful, but not feeling like, you know, um, he has always the words or the melodies to write to do that. 
but being okay with that and actually just kind of breathing out um, the songs that God calls him to sing. What's your number six, man? Number six for me was Rivers and Robots, The Eternal Sun from 2016. Yeah, I think, you know, that was one of the albums that I've listened a lot to. And also, you know, Rivers and Robots are very, very good Christian lyricists as well, draw on scripture and and a lot of good theology too. Uh, But I think the good thing about, that I really liked about The Eternal Sun was the, just the amount of different sorts of genres they drew on when they made that album too. Yeah, Rivers and Robots, I actually was listening to that album just the other day and I really enjoy Rivers and Robots, all their albums. But I always wish they'd lean a little bit more into their electronic and programmed kind of, Mm. where they had the programming integrated into it. Like my favorite song from The Eternal Sun is Home, which has the most sort of electronic elements into it. I just, it's, I was like, oh, please do more songs like that. Yeah, who knows? I mean, maybe maybe that's why Jonathan Ogden's doing his side projects. True, hey. Yeah, because he does have a lot of that in the 24-hour project that he released. That was earlier this year, hey. Yeah, yeah, that was that was my that made my my half year list. 24 hour got bumped off. Sorry, Jonathan. <laughs> if you're listening, uh, we apologize. <laughs> or or if someone can give my apologies to him. Or if you come on to the podcast, if there's future episodes, which there probably won't be, but if you were to, then we could possibly arrange for you to be put back on the list. And I would also apologize. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, good. Okay, so my number six is actually one that you'd chosen before, which is King's Kaleidoscope Zeal from last year. Um, it's interesting, eh, how albums also age because I don't think that was my number one from last year, from 2019. I think my number one was Josh Gerrell's Chrysaline, which doesn't feature on my top top 10 albums of a decade. No, it doesn't. But yet, I think Zeal, even though Chrysaline's a brilliant album, I really, really like it. Um... I think that Zeal will be one that sticks with me for a long, for a long time that I can see myself returning to, time and time and time again. I've I've played it a lot, mm-hmm. but also I can see it myself returning to it a lot in the future. Well, hey, considering that's one of the ones that we both had in our our bottom five, maybe now's a good time for a, a music break. We'll play one of the tracks from King's Kaleidoscope Zeal, yeah. and on the other side we'll we'll do our top five. I think I think um I'll play about to break. Okay, so top five, we're at the pointy end now. Yeah, we are indeed top five for albums of a decade, 2011 to 2020. Hey, so reflecting, before we go into the top five, reflecting over the past five years, what are some lessons that you think you've learned or that we've learned or things that you thought, you know, would happen or didn't or maybe, you know, did happen that we didn't expect would happen? 
Um, I think like the biggest thing that I didn't expect to happen was to like have people so approachable in terms of you know agreeing to do an interview, um, letting us you know share their story and share their music and that sort of thing, um, and also being so friendly as well. Like you know we had Matt Griner, um, you know busy guy, come touring all the time and you know just took our time in his schedule to come and do a, an hour-long interview with us that was pretty good social media is truly the great equalizer in that way eh? like we've approached people who we thought oh we'll just give it a go and who have actually been keen um keen to come on you know like even even people like caleb mccoy as well um and Ivy Connolly, you know, out of kind of out of the blue, just said, "Yep, we'll do it." We'll and Latifa Alatas from Page Six VI and Motospira, mm. and um, Jason Wisdom earlier this year from. And I mean, you know, to the average person, they're probably gonna be like, "Who's Jason Wisdom? <laughs> <laughs> Who's Caitlin McCoy?" Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, I think I think just the fact that if it wasn't for doing this podcast, like my music library would be eighty percent smaller than it is right now. I think one of the things for me I didn't like I didn't understand or take into account was just the work that's required in terms of you create content, but you also have to put it out there, time on social media. Um, neither you or I, let's be honest, neither you or I are good at branding, marketing, or any of that sort of stuff, right? Um, but you really see that to get uh, to get a to get a um, audience and get people to listen and continue to be in people's sort of purview or in their, um, to be noticed, you have to be constantly, uh, you know, posting. And that's hard. Like, I think I have a newfound respect for people who do this work of podcasting because it does entail a lot of work. Um, and that's one of the reasons why, you know, earlier this year, I, you know, we talked about me stepping away because I just don't have that time to commit to it anymore. And I've mm. so enjoyed this the past four years and so thankful for your, because um, for, for those who are listening, you know, Joel's the one who had the, the, the brainchild of the eclectic and sort of um, brought me along and approached me and said if I was, you know, asked if I was keen to, to come along and do it. And I'm so glad I have because it's been such a, a, a rad journey. And we've always loved music and talk yeah. music, so. And also, like, using music illegally in our YouTube BMX video edits and, um, yeah, having gigs to go to as well like you know in in perth i think chris and i were gonna go to thrice once but then it never happened and then 12 years later we finally managed to get to thrice um august burns red you know just that sort of thing too brings a whole new like aspect to music and also the podcast as well because you've got that real life experience as you know watching bands play and set up and you know take photos with them and stuff like that any regrets joel um, I think my biggest regret, no, I don't know, no, no regrets. Like, like Lecrae said, and I've got no regrets and I'm gone. I was going to be like, like the meme, no regrets. <laughs> R-A-G-R-E-T-S. No, I think 43, you know, 43 episodes is a, mm. it's a, it's a good run. And I think you and I have always been, you know, um, had that vision to just faithfully put out content. Mm. Yeah. Cause I mean, no, uh, you know, bad blood to radio stations here in Perth, but, you know, the best Christian radio station we've got is 
one that doesn't really play solely Christian music. And when, when it does, it's, you know, kind of the same, same old stuff. Um, and when they play non-Christian music, it's kind of like the popular non-Christian music that is not really Christian at all. So, And those who need the exposure most who are underground or independent or maybe mm. signed to record labels but don't get the exposure. So hopefully we've done something to platform those artists and bands, hey? Don't let it stop here. So if you, you're, you've you listened to the Clickbeat podcast, you've got some new music, share it with people, you know, get it out there on the radio. Or look, even if you have been, um, you know, if it's helped you, if, if we as a podcast have helped you, we'd love to hear from you. Um, so feel free to drop us a message on Instagram or on Facebook or uh, on the email address. Joel, can you remind me again what that is? Uh, it is the eclectic podcast 17 at gmail.com. There you go. So we honestly, we'd love to hear from you. Any any feedback or uh, encouragement is appreciated. So anyway, man, how about we get into these top five? You start this My time. My side? Okay, yeah. cool. So this is, a, I think this is a surprising one, um, but I chose an album by a guy called Tony Anderson mm. called Finding Home. It's actually a soundtrack and it's a film of the same name. And the, the film Finding Home deals with sex trafficking in Cambodia and um, an organization that's working to stop that, a Christian organization. And that film really made a huge impact on me. And the soundtrack is, there's no lyrics, it's cinematic, ambient. Um, he's a fan of Hans Zimmer, mind you, if you're doing cinematic music. If you're not a fan of Han, Hans Zimmer, then, you know, <laughs> you're either uninformed or not making money, <laughs> <Yeah>. or both. <laughs> um, but he's, yeah, this album I listen to a lot while studying or uh, reading because I don't like to listen to music with lyrics. But I, I, I really wanted to give a nod to this album because just the sheer amount of plays that I've racked up is cool. And it's not, yeah, it's not often that you hear of um, Christian artists within this genre of cinematic soundscapes. So number five for me was uh, Mouth of the South with struggle well oh good choice yeah i couldn't i couldn't not put that one in there like it's just the 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 intensity of the album and the the, the lyrics as well um because i think the album is is equal parts like the the struggle of life as well as the acknowledgement that you know god is still in control as well the lead singer josiah lyle also i don't know maybe he's got one of his albums in your top 10 i don't know with um I believe help my unbelief. From well, I actually, re- I actually regret not putting Mouth of the South Struggle well in my top <laughs> ten, to be honest, because that's that to me is such a landmark album. Mm. Um, and it's actually for me, it's one of those metal albums that is incredibly lyrically. It flexes. It's it's got great lyrics mm. and a strong concept there about struggling well. Like mm. the Christian life is one of struggling and struggling well. Um, clinging to Christ, struggling against anything that's going to encumber us, um, and it's just—it's passionate, eh? Mm, it's passionate. It passionate. Yeah, I actually think I like that album more than than Rival Choir. I mm-hmm. love that Rival Choir album. I believe Help My Unbelief. For those who are listening, that's their other—they they basically changed names and shifted their sound a little bit from a, a metalcore sound to a more hardcore, hardcore, yeah. post-hardcore. Yeah, I mean that the the Mouse of the South had another album before that but yeah this one this one is in my opinion the, the, one of their best releases I reckon too with number four number four for me 
and I reckon this is going to be featuring your list, Joel. In fact, I even have an idea of what number it'll place, but I won't spoil the surprise for anyone else. I've chosen Atlas Into the Sea Ooh. from 2015. So also on Face Down Records, the mm-hmm. same record label as uh, as Ye Old Mouth of the South, and an expansive record. It's like um, they had to shorten some of the songs from the original demos because otherwise it wouldn't fit onto a CD. <laughs> it's that big, right? Uh, yeah. And it's, um, <clears throat> it's, it's so good. I think we'll leave... The discussions of, of that one for further up because I know it's further up your list, isn't it? Yeah, I'm right, aren't I? Yeah, I thought as much. Um, How about we move to your number three? Um, four. Number four? Okay. So, number four for me was uh, Josh White with Pilgrim from 2013. Nice. Um, yeah, that is a good album because I know it was just one of those ones that it was just different to a lot of other music out there as well. Side note, did you know he's released an album with Holly Ann this year mm. through Deeper Well? Yep. Yeah. I've seen that. And also, did you know Deeper Well and Humble Beast are... Collaborating? collaborating. Yeah, it's about time, right? They're yeah. both in Portland, right? <laughs> they live literally down the street from each other. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I mean, a lot of the people in both have beards. I yeah. I mean, this <laughs> is just like... Why um, wouldn't you, right? It'd be It'd be a crime not to. Yes. Okay, should we get number three for me? Number three. So this is my only, I was looking at my list, my only hip-hop release in my top ten. And I chose Beautiful Eulogy. I admit, I found it hard because all of their releases Mm. are great, but I still think the one for me that I return to most is Worthy. Mm, Interesting. Yeah, so I chose chose Worthy. Um, And that, that, I, I felt like Satellite Kite and Instruments of Mercy look theologically so rich right in in the concepts that they brought across through hip-hop and not something that i hadn't really ever heard before in hip-hop to that extent um but for me worthy brings something of a i don't know like a maturity and a lived experience that Mm -hmm. the other two didn't always have like um even in that the the second track of the album if and um Thomas Terry or Odd Thomas in mm-hmm. his verse about, you know, even if I were to lose everything, if I were to lose my wife, my kids, um, I'd still cling to you. Mm. Yeah. I'd still cling to you, Lord. And it's like, you can tell, you can hear the passion in his voice. It's not just, it's not just like a, a systematic theology, it's yeah. a catechism. It's like, this is, this is lived and breathed and incarnated and it's beautiful. And I yeah. think that whole album is just, um, and, and that album brilliant. was also, conceptual in some way too because the first letters of all the track titles spelt wisdom yes yeah so 12 tracks in total yeah that was a hard choice for me too was choosing which beautiful eulogy album to put on Mm -hmm. it's it's coming but just not yet okay i asked nicole what her top 10 were and she said she 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 goes oh It'd either be Beautiful Eulogy or Propaganda would be in there, but I think I'd choose Propaganda Excellent. That's mm. also not a good album. but Yeah, and Excellent was one of those albums that I was like, I, I just I can't put it in, you know. Mm-hmm. I, wanted, I want to put it in, but there's just too many other ones that I've listened to a lot more than, than, than Excellent. It's true. Yeah, it's true. But Excellent is a very excellent album. It though. is. So. And Worthy is also not a worthy recipient mm-hmm. of a number three spot. What's your number three, bro? So number three was Wolves at the Gate. Five by five. No. Nice. Um nice. yeah, I think I think that album was 
the pinnacle of Walls at the Gate, in my opinion. I agree. Um, Completely agree. Just Couldn't agree more. Had everything, Thoroughly everything agree. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> not, not to say that their other albums weren't good, but, you know, from where they started, um, 5 by 5 is the, the top tier, in my opinion. I reckon they, too. They kind of started going to more and more hard rock than, than metalcore or... or or whatever it was that they were they were doing at the time. Yeah, and I know we talked about it in some of our previous episodes. Mm. I just don't get it. I don't actually understand how so many people love that kind of sound, but I fully agree with you. Mm. This is such a landmark album. I remember hearing this album after not listening to Christian heavy music for quite a long time. And I was in Papua New Guinea when Nicole and I lived in Papua New Guinea. We were there for three years uh, living as mission support workers um, in a city called Lay. But I remember hearing this, um, the, the lead single from this album, Dust to Dust, mm. and just being like, holy moly, <laughs> I haven't heard anything like this so heavy hitting lyrically mm. and musically for a long time. Okay, my number two is Josh Gerrell's Love and War and the Sea in Between. Ooh. Actually, interestingly enough, I first put Home, but um, after some thought... I actually changed it out for this album because this was the mm. first one I heard from Josh Gerrell's, the first album. And it's, um, I think, just for the fact that it's been so foundational, I think, in exploring singer-songwriters, you know, mm. folk, folk, you know, um, that space that he sits in, alternative maybe even sometimes. Yeah. And there's so many good songs, Beyond the Blue, mm. Floodwaters, yeah. Revelator. That album mm. is just... There's not a weak song on it, and it's a long mm. album. And I know, like, it's one of those albums that I know will. It's pretty. It's aged pretty well. Like you think about yeah, it, it's, it it's already nine years old, and you can release it today, and it would be. It's a good album, you know. Absolutely. Which I think is a yeah. pretty good indicator of a classic album. Mm. Okay. Well, number two for me was "Beautiful Eulogy" with "Satellite." Kite. Nice. I think, yeah, this this is one of those albums where I just had the CD, like, stuck in my... Actually stuck. <laughs> I was going to say, I was gonna say, you had a few dodgy CD players that literally was stuck in there, was it? <laughs> yeah, it was literally stuck in there. Like, I couldn't get it out um, for, like, I reckon, like, three years, maybe. Like, I used to know every single song on that album. I don't really need any more, but, yeah, that was one of those formative albums for me in terms of like Christian hip hop and, and also finding out you know Josh Garrels and Propaganda because of Chris once upon a time played it for me in, on a car ride to a party from Satellite Kai? Satellite Kai yeah mm. it, what an album mate oh, and it's equal parts like theology and fun <laughs> but also I had never really heard hip hop like that with like kind of alternative kind of underground sort of indie sort of vibe to it you know like i heard lecrae triple e um those sorts of big heads in christian Mm -hmm. hip-hop at that time but this year was different like i remember seeing the um anchor song and just being um like whoa this is different just the the production was just so different pops and fizzes yeah and all sorts spray of spray cans things. and like yeah. sharpie pens into a beat you know what i mean mm. yeah that final track on the album which i think is actually called beautiful eulogy that's mm. such a great closer Even when like, um, it is my time to go yeah. go ahead and take me home love it we are at number one number okay one. okay 
Well, thanks for stealing my thunder because my number one's already been mentioned, Joel. Sorry. It's actually Wolves at the Gate, 5 oh. by 5 That's what I chose. I was tossing up between Josh Girls and Wolves at the Gate, but I think Wolves at the Gate, yeah, it gets it. It gets it for me. Honestly, I thought like 5 five by 5 would have been a little bit further down the list and you would have had I don't know, someone, someone else at the top. What would you have thought it would have been? I don't, I don't know. Someone like like Amberlynn or... Or someone like that. No, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that Wolves of the Gate is your number one. And I think, well, I've already said what needs to be said. It's a, it's a standout post-hardcore album. Mm. Strong musically, strong lyrically, production-wise. I think it just, it's got a good gritty sort of heaviness to it. Mm. It's got some sermon cuts in it, ambient moments there with like the rain falling. It just has a very a perfect vibe that it kind of brings throughout I think I think that album has got there's a Paul Washer yeah, in yeah. there. Don't know who else. I think there's another guy who Steve Cabucci, the lead singer, was like his mm. pastor at his own local church. But it just weaves in like Bible texts. It's got some spoken mm. word Bible texts in there, like from east to uh, east to west. Yeah, which is touching on that uh, passage from the Psalms, which talks about mm. um, God removes our sins far away from us as east is um, to west. That song, that's probably my favorite song from that album. Mm. It's just actually yeah, that that's pretty my favorite song from that album too. So and then my number, number one, one. Here we go, drum roll. Atlas into the. I sea. knew it. I just knew. You've probably seen you know numerous Facebook posts. What are you frothing over it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it is such a it is such a good album. Like you know, musically, lyrically. Um, it covers a bunch of different genres we've even got it in the intro to this yeah and I, like it's so expansive too you know like you it's it's more than just a, a commute to work album it's like a commute to work and back and then halfway <laughs> to work again more than an hour long i think it's like 75 sure. minutes long 16 tracks or something like that and i've heard people complain about that but honestly there's not a weak track in there you know the funny yeah. thing is i think there's actually one song they left off completely because they had this four-track sample, sampler, which they released, I think, to people um, as part of their Indiegogo or Kickstarter or something like that. Like, if you're a fan of, like, any of the bands, like, um, As Cities Burn or Emery or Thrice or Circus Survive or La Dispute, right? Yeah. Oh, I forgot anyone. Like, if you, if you just, if you enjoy any of those sorts of bands, there's something there for you. Mm. And it's just, it's a standout, standout album okay well this brings us to the close sort of this episode the close of an era the close of a decade yeah mm. and the close of four years of doing these episodes together honestly in doing this podcast together it's been great fun for us but also inspiring for me to the point mm-hmm. where you know i actually am ready to start doing my own music so, speaking yeah. to a variety of you know artists and and bands has um yeah led me to to come to that place so i'm thankful for it yeah you know there's there's a lot of people i wouldn't have met um there's a lot of people i wouldn't have talked to um but also i think the biggest inspiration was going to canvas conference and just seeing you know all these people there who are all interested in the same thing which is you know yeah bringing honor and glory to god through the making of music and and also the fact that christians right now and you know over the past decade are making just as good if not better music than 
you know, people who aren't Christian. So it's an encouragement to anyone who's listening or an mm. encouragement to other bands who are, who are doing that to, to create excellent art, um, to, to continue with that, uh, with that calling, because it is a calling, and it's important. It's not just a cute little thing on the side in the Christian life. It's a gift and a talent that people have been entrusted with and needs to be used, needs to be exercised. And we're, we're thankful for the small little bit that we've been able to have and being able to interview people um, not just in 2020, but in the in the three years preceding that, but 2020's been a it's a, been a good year to go out on. Anyway, Joel, I have here a little package here, right? It's a can I can I guess what it is? Very well, good. Yeah, you can guess what it is. It's Nicole did the bow on the front because she said it looked a bit ugly as it was. I'm not really one for wrapping well, or you know, I was gonna write a note on there, but I didn't. I'm gonna say it's either a a a record, a vinyl, or like a, an expensive framed, signed, autographed band poster or something. Okay. Well, here we go. You'll have to, you'll have to f- open this bad boy and find out right now. Chris has got me the vinyl of Into the Sea by Adelis. Hey! And it's it's two records long. I think, I think it's actually four. I think it might even be four because the album's like 72 minutes long or something like that, like we were saying before. So Stoked. Yeah. So man, it's glad you enjoy it. It's been an absolute yeah. pleasure doing doing the pod with you. We really appreciate. We just want to say to all of our listeners over the years, whether this is your first time listening to it or whether you have been a regular listener, um, even if you're just new, and just want to say thanks to all of our listeners for your for your support. Mm. I do have to do a shout out to Lashan. He's going to listen to it now. Lashan, there you go. This is final episode too, so you got in just in the in the nick of time, my friend. <laughs> but yeah, so. Um, that's it from me. And that's it from me. God bless. And stay eclectic. Though men will fear you and think you great, when they draw near you, cause you take us down, we can't escape the fact, but I've learned by now, your right is just an act. So lay my bones inside the hearse Take me in and do your worst But tell me why you choose to boast You're just a shadow and a ghost I'll breathe again, you'll be surprised When you're the only one who dies Death be not proud You'll soon find out